You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. This is East Carolina All-American Brian Packard, and we're talking Pirate Baseball and the Sports Objective. You're listening to Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel as we talk East Carolina baseball. As we look back at the previous week and take a look at what's ahead. Now, let's talk Pirate Baseball. Welcome into Extra Innings right here on the Sports Objective on a Monday night. Bubba Rosenbaum and China Grove. What's up, dude? What's going on, Dave? Uh, two and two week for the Pirates, and but uh, you know, took the series against Tulane, and um, you know, interesting weekend. And I know we'll dive into it here in a moment. Yeah, uh, Bubba, very excited to have one of our favorite guests of all time back with us. Yeah, very excited to have uh, ESPN Plus analyst Mike Mullins back on the show. Mully, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Doing well. I appreciate you joining us tonight. And um, as we mentioned. Uh, Series victory over Tulane, and then uh, coming off that five to four midweek loss at Doak Field to the Wolfpack. But uh, you know, what what did you make of the two and two week for the Pirates? Man, I uh, first off, Dave, I appreciate you saying one of our favorite guests because we said kind of in the green room that you guys had, uh, you know, we I hadn't heard from you in a while, and I, you know, so it was good when. When, when BR sends me a text, I'm like, okay, happy to do it. But I, uh, you know, my takeaway is that I, I, um, it's, it's, it's obviously not a bad week. It's not, I'm sure what the staff would have hoped for. I, I think it's, um, I mean, let's face it, Tulane comes in as a 12-win team. Uh, the boys fight back to win game one and getting shut out at game two and then, you know, kind of show up at game three. So, I, I mean, I, it's, it's a very, very interesting time and maybe one that we haven't seen for the Cliff Godwin Pirates uh, maybe ever. Yeah. Very, very interesting to, to say the least. And uh, that was probably my the biggest surprise because I actually thought going into the weekend that it doesn't stun me that we lost the game. But it, if you'd have told me we lost the game, I thought it would have probably been something other than 8 nothing. I thought there was going to be a lot of runs scored in the series by both teams. And we certainly saw that in games one and three. Uh, with that uh, eight to nothing final though in in game two, and after the way the Pirates rallied from down ten to six late in game one, uh, I, I really thought if if we were going to see an eight nothing game, it'd have been the other way around. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I, the celebration after game one, you know, celebration and then replay celebration. You know, if I'm across the field and, and I'm in the two lane dugout, I'm going. You know what? Okay, you know, all right, we're, you know, we're, 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 let's go do everything we can to win this game. And so I, I, I had the, the fortune of being a press box and talked to Corey Glore between games. And I said, all right, Castro, the game two starter, what can he give you? And he says, you know, 
Molly, if if he could go six and we have a decent lead, we have a chance. They're, they're, the, the, the strength of Tulane's team is their ability at long ball. Their weakness is their bullpen. So Castro going as deep as he did, I mean, obviously deep the whole game. I mean, it, it, it just, maybe, and I don't know, maybe the guys were a little overly aggressive. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it's a weird deal. And I, I got to think if I'm on the East Carolina staff right now, I'm kind of shaking my head going, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what happened. Like, yeah, we won a college baseball series on the weekend. Uh, two or three games is never easy. Two or three games against a 12-win team. I don't know that I feel great about that. And being blanked by them it certainly takes away some of the joy of having won a series. Yeah, guys, I thought that I thought it would be like a three and one week. I thought we would uh, had you know that NC State game on the road. It can go either way, and then I thought we would sweep Tulane. So I was a little you know the two and two is is disappointing, but it is what it is. We're ranked 14th this week, and we've got a uh, you got a tough Tar Heel opponent on Wednesday night. You know, and I, I, I kind of fully expect that that uh, that the Pirates will show up to play on Wednesday. Um, it, it seems to be maybe a little bit of a – I said, I, man, I, I don't know. As I say this, I'm second-guessing myself. Kind of played to the level of the competition. But Wichita State, if we go back there, Wichita State, I, I like I like their team. I like what they can do. Um, I think they let one slip through their fingers on Sunday with uh, was the kid Adley losing, um, that you know, and and losing to Memphis, uh, which kind of concerns you that okay Memphis can beat you, but you look at Tulane, Cincinnati, Memphis, those are teams that if if we are in a position as, and when I say we, the pirates are in a position to be that highly ranked. I mean, we should win eight of those nine games in my opinion. Now I know it's still not easy. Right. No question. Yep. And, you'll hold the, and the question would be, you've got Cincinnati and you have USF on the road you do have uh, memphis at home but like you said molly the rpi of those three uh coming into those series will be way less than ours and um i think there's some of the pirate fans on social media you see that say the pirates can't uh, handle being the hunted you know we're always the hunters it seems like i don't know if that's true i think uh baseball it's a funny sport. And I've told people, you know, when you lose three is one thing in football, that's like, Oh my God, a quarter of your season. Um, but we play 56 games for a reason and uh, keeping a level head is, is not easy for sure. I know, but somehow, some way, if you can do that uh, to get ready for North Carolina and Cincinnati coming up and Cincinnati's not easy to play at Cincinnati. No, but I, I mean, when's the last time East Carolina stuck up on somebody in baseball? I mean, it's, this this there's no mystery here, and quite frankly, I think uh, the program has been the benefactor of historical success 
in in very 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 recent history as recent as last year i mean who i mean really did anybody think that the resume was a eight overall national and it's one of those deals where it's like hey i mean we're not sneaking up on people like they, they, they you know now maybe a west coast team something like, okay i'll 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 at least allow that but in this conference we're we're not sneaking up on people and the hunter versus the hunted and all that stuff is i mean it sounds good it's good for you know for for podcasts it's good for radio it's good for you know but the reality is east carolina's not they're they're not lying lying in the weeds hoping to take a team by surprise. It's the best team in the conference. Right. And that's something here recently. Uh, actually, uh, meant to bring this up a couple weeks ago. Was a South Florida podcast, and, and they were talking about, they said, even if it's not us, will, will somebody please dethrone the Pirates? <laughs> yeah, and look, at the, if you look at what's going on with Wichita State, if you think if if and I'm not saying you if if people think that coaching doesn't have a uh, a bearing on the outcome, they make a change. And I like like look, man, I love Eric Wedge. I spent a lot lot a lot of time with him in Kinston when he was the manager there before he went to the big leagues. Like he managed in the big leagues. He realizes that maybe this college thing is not his deal, and they bring Lauren Hibbs back in, who takes it back to Gene Stevenson's time when Wichita State was Wichita State. Like, they were perennial Omaha-bound club. He has changed the the culture. He has brought it back to where it should be. and I, you know, so so getting swept by Wichita State, okay, get it. Losing two out, uh, losing one out of three, being shut out by Tulane, they are not by any stretch back. And and look, they had a kid that had a career, you know, weekend. That kid's a good player, but they are when I, you know, and so as a coach, you kind of play the game. You go, all right, we're better than them at first. We're better than them at second. We're equal to them at short. I mean, you go around the diamond. We're way better than behind the plate. Our staff is way better than them. But, you know, we we won a game. Feels like we lost two games to me. I'm sorry. We won two games. Feels like we lost two games. It's just, I mean, I, I mean that, but that's that's just my take. No, you're right because the uh, after we won that first game, um, I thought we I don't say I wouldn't say definitely easy street uh, because you have two more games to play and that's another thing, Molly. How much of a factor uh, is the 21 innings and in, when less than 24 hours? How much does that play a part? Anything? But they both teams played it. I know, I know they did. I mean, it, it, and it, that's 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 the so like the whole travel thing, right? Like it's a big deal. Like travel. When travel's bad, it sucks. But tell me anybody that you know that travels commercially on a regular basis has it, that hasn't had a nightmare travel story oh, yeah. 
in the last 12 to 18 months. Yep. Man. It's just part, it's just part of life. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I get it. It was terrible. I, I mean, it sucked, whatever, but everybody goes through this. And I think it's very, very interesting and of merit that Tulane charters. Do you know they're the most traveled team in the conference? 10,000. We happened up on ESPN to have a graphic about it. Like 10, almost 11,000 miles this year. I Several mean, West Coast trips, Hawaii. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, you book the schedule, you know what you got coming. It just is what it is. I made that point about the Wichita State series about all the mess that went on commercial. Um, it, what did we, uh, we, we got, I understand that Cliff got us a charter back was one of the charters we got. Um, but I was just wondering how much of a difference it would make if we chartered every single, like, like there's big, long, I know we can't do every single one. I'm okay with that. But like the Wichita States, the Houston, some of the longer ones, should we uh, charter those? Does it make, I I mean, it definitely, it helps, but it's, I mean, again, it's so let, I mean, factually like flew in, missed the connector. All right. Boom. So now we got a five hour, six hour bus ride. Right. Right. And these guys want to play pro ball. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) So it's, I mean, and I I know Cliff ain't going to take it, you know, as an excuse, it's not going to be a, uh, a cop out. I mean, I, it, it's just, it, it's part of it. I, I think, I, I think what, what this team right now, man, and I, I, I may get crucified for saying this and that, I mean, that's okay. I think it's, um, it's fortitude, intestinal and mental fortitude. Like, and I don't mean like the travel thing. I don't mean, I mean, like I'm going to get in the batter's box and I'm going to fight you. Like, I'm not going to let you beat me. And these dudes are way better than I was like I, every one of them, but I, I like, I'm not going to let you just beat me. I'm not going to take strike three. I'm not going to take a close pitch and let the umpire dictate the outcome. That was one of my questions that I've noticed is that it seems like, we're watching a lot of pitches. Uh, and when it's, if it's my son's age in little league, like he's having to learn, uh, if it's anywhere close, you got to swing at it. Right. I mean, I'm not an expert. I've never played that level. I've never coached that level, obviously, but it just seems like here lately, there's times when, especially crucial times of the game, when, uh, when the game is not necessarily on the line, but it would definitely help us start a rally or put a game away. You know, what's interesting to me, too, is that if we think about the offensive recipe for last year, right, like guy gets on, clear bump, we're going to lay it down, move the guy up, we're going to – that that's a little bit abandoned. And, and like, to me, our – like, J.C., Jenkins Coward has – that dude makes barrel contact even on bad pitches. Yeah. Uh, he's the only one, like, I love our catchers offensively. Um, I think you have some guys that 
that show it at times. But I, I, I just, I look at the entirety of it and I'm like, you know, I mean, there were, they, again, and who am I to second guess? But I'm like, man, now, now will be a great time to lay one down or now will be a time to make something happen. And I think Cliff is trying to let this team find their identity and it's, it's just not there. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it is what it is. And I, I, you know, the, the whole RPI thing is, it's interesting to me. Like it's way more about who you play and who they beat than it is who you beat. Mm. That's a very good point. Molly, since you brought, since you brought up the offense, I mean, I'll give credit to Steve and I go from voice to colors in 94-3, the game credit for this statistic, but he said the Pirates had not had a complete game shutout thrown against them since 2018 I mean, prior to Wichita State, and now there had been three in, in six games I mean, after game two of the Tulane series. Yeah, I mean, so it, 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 let's go Pro Bowl. I mean, Professional baseball at the highest level. The teams that have won, the team that has won the most is the Astros. Right. They put the ball in play at a way higher rate than anybody else. And so what's funny is the whole launch angle, all this stuff, it's kind of run its course. Like all of a sudden people are realizing, and I remember the first guy I saw talk about that was Chris Benson. Not Chris Benson. It was, gosh, Chris Benson was a pitcher. Third baseman for the Cubs got traded. Help me out, guys. Um, oh, he um, he was on the Chris World Bryant. Series. Chris Bryant. Yeah, and he's talking launch angle. What? Okay, it, I mean, Chris Bryant, six foot five, four, whatever he was, two hundred and forty pounds of just pure power. That's not the game everybody plays. So you have to realize, like, who are you? And look, I think, and I said this early on, I didn't think Nowak would strike out more than 15 times all year because he stays so short. He does. Now, his strikeout numbers are up, but this is his first full-time playing opportunity. But we don't, I just, Hoover, Hoover's a dude. And look, man, that dude, I love watching Lane Hoover play the game. He plays it the right way. He plays hard. He knows what he is. He, we don't have enough guys, in my opinion, that realize like, hey, this sitting, this sitting about exit velocity or launch angle or home runs, this is about like, giving my guys the guy before me or the guy after me a chance to have success. Like I remember as a coach, we're down, you know, several times late and I would go to the, to the, to the kid coming to the plate and I go, Hey, your job is just to get the next guy behind you to the plate. Whatever that means. If that means take a pitch, take two pitches, fight, 
and and our thing was one for you, two for the team. So you get like get your best bolt off first pitch, first first fastball, first whatever you like to hit. But the rest of the way, it's about the team. If I got to fight, stay in the you know stay in a battle, then it is what it is. Like I and I may ground out, I may do whatever, but I'm gonna run. Look, there's no reason that car mooch on Friday night. Like I again, I'm I'm on the call for that game. That kid throws 46 pitches in the first inning. Now you guys wrap your head around that. Hmm. Many made it to the fifth inning. Correct. And yeah. threw less pitches in the second, third, and fourth, and then whatever he went in the fifth than, than he did in the first. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's the guy you got to go, all right, we're going to fight him. We're not going to let him beat us. He's also not your traditional Friday night guy, right? Like right. he's he's kind of flipping it and, you know, slopping it up there. And he fought so hard in the first to find his pitch, according to to Jay, the, the, the head coach at Tulane, he's trying to find his changeup. Like his changeup is his, his like, bread and butter and he just man he couldn't find it and he's i mean i'm watching him and i'm going he is digging he's he wants his change up back so bad all of a sudden he comes out in the second makes an adjustment and the change up was there but then they bring the left-handed freshman in and the lefty kind of pitches like a right-hander right like he's across his body and it's bearing in a right-handers. But I didn't see where the Pirates hitters made much of an adjustment. Right. And these two guys are very different. One guy last week who uh, had a tremendous week was Jacob Starling. Back-to-back three-hit games uh, against NC State and then uh, Tulane in game one. Nine hits on the week and then had the big home run there in game three against Tulane. Um, Jacob, uh, congratulations to him. He's our PGXGloves.com player of the week, and he also had a, some big plays with the glove. Uh, I remember one there in game one against Tulane, uh, diving to his right up the middle on a line drive, and then uh, also a key player, too, um, when the game was very tight there late uh, in game three against the Green Wave. But uh, – Again, Jacob Starling, nine out of 18, a home run, a pair of doubles, seven runs scored, and a couple runs batted in is our PGXGloves.com player of the week. So, uh, no, look, and that play he made on the dive up the middle was as good a baseball play. So uh, the the play Hoover made to take away the home run yep. kind of went for not, but the play Starling made, both of those plays are, I mean, Guys, that's as good as you'll ever see. I mean, they were both big-time plays. And the fact that Hoover got like – and Hoover's was a little more like noteworthy, the robbing of the home run, whatever. But Hoover only got sixth in web gems or plays right. of the week, whatever. I'm like, man, come on. No, that should have been in the top five at least. Yeah. And something else with Jacob Starling. He's someone hits the ball well to all fields, and then he also uh, leads the team in on-base percentage. And and obviously a big part of that, in addition to the way he swings the bat, is 
he he's been hit, I think, by at least eight pitches, and he's walked thirty three times. So here's what here's the recipe for success, and I'm sure these guys are trying to figure it out. Moylan's had these moments of being like stupid hot, unconscious. Uh, Amax had these moments, and it was his is far smaller of being unconscious. Starling, same difference. Um, all these guys have to put it together, but I think it's the clutches. I think it's um, with the guys that come off the bench. I, a kid I would love to see have more opportunity. And again, I'm not coaching a team, but I would love to see Dixon Williams have a few more ABs. He was, hey, Mully, I was yeah. going to, that was one of the things I was going to ask you about. There was no wind on Saturday, it seemed like. There there, there was two at bats. Those two at bats he had was that game two or three. Um, they were two. right there, yeah. two. Yeah. Right there so, around the warning track. They're the warning track. And I'm like, man, if there was just a little bit more wind, uh, he'd have a shot for those to be home runs. Yeah. You know what, though, Dave? You can't pray for wind. I mean, like that's a little bit. It, it, he He's facing a sinker baller. And this is where I would go the other way, like speaking against myself, is that he's facing a sinker bowler. And that's that was that's Castro's game, like turn the ball over, soft contact. He's the kind of guy, Castro's the kind of guy you go by the dugout, I go, oh, man, I got him. I got him and he just beats you. He you again. But but if if Dixon stays inside himself and stays uh with a little better approach, those are those are because both both of them were pulled fly balls. If he stays within himself, those are line drives the other way. So that's where he's got to mature. But I don't know, I don't know how you mature without abs. And look, I love I love Macaravich. Like plus defender, typically, but this year, guys, he's he's kind of thrown the ball all over the place, and it's not you know he's hitting two forty or two forty five. He, you know, maybe just a day off, you know, just a chance to catch your breath and kind of look at it from the dugout and want to be back out there. There's something to be said for a dude that plays every day, all of a sudden gets a day off. Mm-hmm. Now let's let that, you know, kind of let that pit bull out of the cage. So it's kind of like having, uh, you were talking about Dixon Williams put him at third. He's, isn't he the backup to AMEC? I, you know what? I mean, from what I understand and from what I see, but I, I mean, I, I guess he is a max. I, I mean, but you know what? I mean, look, love him, but it's Cliff. And you may see if, if God forbid, Amac went down, you may see Dixon hit for him and Crispin play defense. I mean, who knows? And that's been, you know, part of the success of East Carolina baseball in the Cliff Godwin era is that all these guys are ready to play wherever. To your point, Mully, as far as giving a guy a day or two off, I mean, you look at Hoove early in the season when he was pressing a bit and what he was yeah. batting about a buck sixty, and then he had those two or three games, maybe maybe four, you know, where he 
didn't start, but maybe came off the bench, got a pinch hit at bad, late inning defensive replacement, and then he got back into more of his normal role, and now he's hitting well over 300. Yeah, you know what? It's funny to me with Hoove is that he uh, he will he will be substituted in defensively, but then substituted for defensively. Yes. <laughs> so it's or, again, it's it, or I mean, shifted over to a corner position when when Riley Johnson comes in the center. Right, and it's you know if, if we're comparing this to to football. Is Cliff just like Mike Leach, like the mad genius? Like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move guy. Like, oh, you're doing what? Like it, some things you kind of raise an eyebrow. But thirty was it thirty two wins to this point in the season, and, and then you go back to last year, the job that was done with the staff last year. So you're like, all right, well, and, you know, in Cliff we trust. And, and and I will say, I uh, I I mean, Cliff is special. He's got a baseball mind that sees things that I think a lot of us, including me, just don't see. And 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 that makes it difficult. I mean, there's times you're going, "Why are we running ourselves out of an inning? Why are we?" And we've seen those things, right? Like we saw. Uh, uh, two strike hit and run, uh, double play. We've seen dudes get thrown out of the plate. We've seen dudes that should have been thrown out of the plate that find a way to be safe. I mean, so it's, but nobody knows his team or his guys like Cliff does. Speaking of a guy, very quickly, Dave, since Mully brought that up about guys that should have been thrown out at the plate, I mean, it, it looked as though. Hoove, I guess when Nathan Chrisman, because um, Hoove had the hit. Um, no, Clonch had the hit. No, Clonch, Clonch, there yeah, at the no, end of uh, yeah, game Hoove, one. Yeah. No, so, I got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah, game one when the Pirates scored three in the bottom of the ninth. And it, I was, of course, out in left field, so I didn't have the best perspective. But I saw that throw. I was like, oh, gosh, he's hosed. And then, uh, obviously, he was called safe. And then the, the review confirmed it. Or, or at least um, he couldn't overturn it. Yeah, I was in the press box, and and I I agree with you, Bubba. The throw was there way in time. It felt like Mully, uh, you're the expert, not me, but it felt like that the catcher, um, I, I don't know, I guess so overconfident or too too tight or whatever. But it the the tag was so late um, that the the foot it was like already there on the bat on the plate. And then you tag him. I, I I don't know, but it just felt like it was way too late. Well, if you remember, that throw was up. Uh, when I say up, like the catcher had to go up to get it. So by the time he gets it back, and then it was a great kind of swim move at the plate. But that was one of those deals where Clonch had the hit to get, you know, to score a run. He immediately, Cliff immediately subs, was it Riley Johnson, as a base runner for Clunch. And that was the play at the plate. So, I mean, that kind of goes back to, hey, just, you know, get in your club. 
Mully, I wanted to ask you before we let you go, I know what you've been uh, generous with us tonight. What about as far as, uh, to me, maybe it's my ego telling me how much I love this team and the program and Cliff, but I truly believe that this team hasn't played their best baseball yet. Am I too optimistic uh, on that? Dave, man, buddy, I don't know. I, I, uh, I could tell you if all these guys that have had these streaks can do those streaks at the same time, it'll be, it'll be like fun to watch. It'd be crazy to watch. And we kind of saw that last year. Like Agnos comes out of nowhere. I say nowhere. Agnos was the leader of the team. Agnos gets put to one spot. He starts making stuff happen. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, Bryson, I mean, struggled mightily early on. Last two-thirds of the season, he figures it out. So, I mean, who knows? The, the, and that's the thing, man. The, these kids, and they are kids relative to guys our age, they're kids. Like, I've got a kid that's as old as them. So, you know, who knows what triggers what? This is Starling, quote unquote, back. Uh, does Boylan find it? Um, does Amac go on another run? I mean, Barini. I mean, he's hit four home runs this year. Uh, Hoove just does his deal. Cunningham does his deal. I mean, I the catchers. So you got McChrystal is beat up. He's got a back issue. Kind of comes back from that. He's got a broken finger, you know. And and what? So you know, he's a Lawhorn descendant. Well, we know the Lawhorns can hit. And talking to Daryl this weekend, he he's, you know, different guys had different grips. McChrystal is an interlocking guy, right? So pinky interlock with pointer finger from the bottom hand well that's if you got a broken pinky that that could be that doesn't feel good so it look man these guys get hot i think right now we have to hope and pray that your savage um is okay i hope and pray that we see him not just for him but for all of us that love pirate baseball, I hope that we see him soon. I don't think it'll be this weekend. Maybe. Um, I hope that, uh, you know, we, th- there there are guys that are um, kind of banged up. Every, I mean, and everybody's banged up. Everybody's banged up, right? It's late in the year. We're in the home stretch. But if these kids could get healthy, healthy-ish, and these hitters could get hot. The pitching is good enough with or without you savage to, 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 to make a run. And I'm going to tell you, look, to me, Root is the difference maker. I love that dude. If you listen to Pyretti, you've heard me talk about it. I, I think that kid is the most projectable kid on the staff. He is special. So, you savage, gross, you sprinkle Sailor in, Spivey, and then you have Root there. 
uh, lunks for Shankman. I mean, who knows what these kids can do? Jake Hunter. You know, Jake Hunter's a wild card to me. Den is a wild card to me. I like Jake Hunter. I do, but I, 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 I probably I, he's not a one trick pony. He could pitch, and and I mean, what about Willie Lumpkin? I mean, my God, that kid has come in here and done some stuff, and he's kind of forgotten. Yeah, but, you missed, know. Some t- missed some time with an injury, and uh, another guy who he's had his moments and and had a, had a moment um, there. Uh, he came in on Friday night. Obviously, shortly after that, the game was suspended, and then he started on the mound for the Pirates in the top of the seventh on Saturday. And I'm talking about Tony Ginn, uh, you know, what Taylor Ginn. Well, um, okay. I just—I knew he'd originally gone by Landon, and I'd heard Cliff calling Tony in the post game. But uh, you know, we said you know, three innings pitched, and then gave up the solo bomb to Banks, who hit three bombs in, in that game. But um, that was the only hit, only run that he allowed, and a one a strikeout and a walk, but earned the victory and relief. And he took over a second and third, no out jam uh, with the Pirates already trailing by three, escaped that, and uh, really set us up to make the four-run comeback. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't know if y'all remember Brett Butts. Definitely, remember? I definitely remember him. I, I sat beside his um, brother Justin at the Cincinnati football game this year up there at UC, and and Justin's actually tuned in right now. So Brett uh, played for us at Pitt uh, and literally dogged his way onto the team at, at, at East Carolina. Same type guy, man. Max effort, you know, like I'm going to come get you um, fastballs and blah, blah, blah. But the difference with Brett was, Brett had a true, true wipeout slider. Like it was, he could literally, Brett Butts could tell you that slider was coming and you couldn't hit it when it was good. And it was good 75% of the time. That's what I miss. Like they, they are body type, a lot like they are, but Wayne County kids, and look, man, Wayne County doesn't turn out soft baseball players. They turn out cats that are um, their game. They're like, hey, I'm going to show up, and I'm, I mean, I, I'm going to beat you. And Brett Butts, although he could be a little fragile if his brother's listening, uh, he, and, and Brett's a little high maintenance. But when, 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 if I needed a game closed, if I needed a game closed and my life was on the line, you know what? I'm going to run Brett out there now for about two innings, one time through. And I'm going to go, Brett, throw that slider and get us to the barn. That's what Landon uh, or Tyler or Tony, whatever, again, that's <laughs> what Gin is missing. His fastball, fastball, fastball. He looks so much like Brock. 
and and I think that's part of our challenge as a, as a pitching staff is kind of grows reminds me of your savage. I mean, there, there's, there, there are a lot of similarities amongst the staff. And Brett Butts, his brother, Justin says it's Landon or Tony. He goes by both. And then Craig Doucette chimes in from Virginia saying Landony. Landoni. <laughs> uh, Hey, Mully, uh, by the way, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on Greenville, uh, non-ECU question, getting the CPL team next year. Should we go with the um, – back in the day, way before my time, I know Greenville had a minor league team, the Greenville Greenies. Uh, what's your take on the team, and what would you name the mascot? But I don't think there's any choice. It's, I mean, it's got to be the Greenies, especially playing Guy Smith. I will say – I. <laughs> And maybe this is just my being partial. And if Tommy Easton's listening, he may or may not like this. But I would have loved to have seen that have a chance to play at Pitt simply because of logistics, parking, um, right. you know, the things that go with it. But listen, man, I think it is it will it will be if it comes to pass, it will be a huge home run for this market and i look i i would love to be involved in in any aspect but dave your question i i i mean i don't think that there's i don't think you how i mean how could you question the fact that it should be the green for greenies it doesn't need to be anything pirate related it does there is a trim as as we know tremendous tremendous baseball history way beyond East Carolina's success way beyond this is, I mean, they don't put it up on the jumbotron for nothing. It just means more. And I think that uh, the greenies would be the absolute right answer. Yeah. I've been wanting a team in this market for Greenville for a long time. And I know COVID and some other things played a part. Um, but I'm glad that you're finally getting it starting next year. And Mully, I, I could see high school guys coming up playing there. You could get Pitt, uh, guys from Pitt, ECU, and all over, right? I mean, it's going to be a great for for a lot of area programs. Yeah, and the CPL dictates uh, kind of roster construction. So I mean, it would it would have to be figured out the right way. But I, I mean, again, me, me selfishly, I would love to be. Uh, involved, be on the field, manager. Uh, but I mean, you know, maybe. But but quite frankly, they're young guys. Jason Wood at uh, at Pitt would be a great manager. Of that he's done that in the summer. Um, maybe you take a a, a, a Colby Bortles. Oh he yeah, manages that team. I mean, and again, I don't know all the ins and outs, but. They, they're, I mean, Jesse Lancaster was at uh, the Moorhead City Marlins for years and may still do that deal. But Jesse, long term, uh, long time, uh, I'm sorry, son of long time head coach at Mount Olive, Carl Lancaster. Jesse uh, did an unbelievable job down there. And listen, man. The only guys that can really understand that are guys that have played in that type of environment because summer 
collegiate baseball is a balance between seriousness and let's take a break. Like you can't just grind because these cats have been grinding for your better players, 70 games, right? Like they, they have teams had success, whatever. So no, man, I look, I, I think it'll be, and it sounds like it's like going to be a real deal. And, 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 I, I, the other thing I think about them playing a guy Smith with wood bats, we should see some electricity ball set out of the park. Uh, you know, it's obviously not a big ballpark. Right. And and it's an old school, David's an old school ballpark and it, it's it. deserving. Yeah. I, I drive by that. Not every day, but a lot of days. And I've said so many times, man, we need a CPL team there. And uh, not that it's about me, but I'm happy for Greenville. In fact, a million dollar impact, guys, financially is another thing that kudos to PJ and uh, all the folks in Greenville for getting it done. Yeah, you know what? And I, I mean, it's going to take that to build adequate locker rooms. The, the travel in that league is not easy. It's getting much better. Uh, I have had a chance to coach in it a couple different times and um, it's a, it's a, it's a tough league, but now that you have, what is it? Capital broadcasting is both the league. Right. Um, it should be more in line with pro ball and, um, it, it'll be interesting. I still, man, I don't know how you uproot the Valley or the, or the Cape or, you know, the Alaskan league, whatever, but it could be a, uh, it could be a cool deal. And, and there are two things that the folks in Greenville like. They are baseball and beer. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So, I love so it. if you could do both of those in the same place, I don't see how it could go wrong. Amen, brother. You you took the words where I was, I was going to say beer, and you said baseball and beer, two things, so no doubt. And something else, Dave, obviously, and this is old news at this point, uh, but uh, – Guy Smith Stadium, since we brought it up, obviously, Ronald Vincent and RV and the field, field name for him. Yeah, that guy has spent thousands and thousands, more hours at the baseball park than probably I've, even I've been alive. I mean, it's amazing the commitment and dedication. Uh, you have to tip your hat to a guy like that that I've always thought a lot of since uh, the 90s when I graduated from ECU and really started following the local teams uh, there in Pitt County, but man, I mean, who, I mean, what other person could you put uh, name the stadium after? I mean, the field after rather Marvin Jarman, <laughs> Marvin. Yeah. Marvin. Um, Another good dude. Yeah. All right, boys. All right, I got to go eat. All right. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. And by the way, when are you going to be doing the, Analyst thing again, and we'll let you go. Well, hey, look, hey, if you guys can uh, start a petition, I would love to do every game, but it's uh, it's kind of as they need me. I enjoy doing it, and I've had lots of positive feedback, and I just I, – I, I kind of feel like – and this is super cheesy, but I kind of feel like like I'm like the voice of the people. Like I'm – you know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of trying to uh, see things that I see that – um that lots of other, you know, baseball people see, but it doesn't get conveyed, you know, if I don't share it. No doubt. We hope you're on more 
I love to selfishly to see you more on on there. And uh, thank you for all that you do. And we'll have you back on real soon. I promise it won't be a long time. Right, Bubba? Yeah, appreciate it, Molly. Uh, you know what, DR? So I saw how you threw him under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have have fun Thanks, tonight. Thank you. All right. See you guys. See you later. All right. Bye. I appreciate Molly. He's so much fun and uh, very insightful. And uh, Bubba, uh, I have to say that I checked today, by the way, before I forget. And we are very, very, uh, I know you've got a lot we're going to talk about, but I just want to say this real fast. Dude, we are so close to breaking ground. Let me just say, uh, on the baseball expansion, I think if uh, you're the you're the numbers guy and I need JR, I don't see him tonight. But I think we talked about this before. We're like a million, million and a half away from having the money raised for the baseball expansion. Please, folks, do me a favor. If you use the telephone, if that's the way you want to do your pledge, 252-737-4540, call the Pirate Club. Or you can do like me. I'm an old dog learning new tricks. You can simply go to ecupirateclub.com and you can give that way 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I was even covering the game on Saturday and gave $200 to Pirates Unite. Uh, so, oh, Justin said even closer than that. Okay. I've been trying to get in the numbers. I have no ballpark figures, but Justin says closer than that. So we're even closer than a million, million five. So please, please, please do me a favor. And uh, we were having that debate, but this expansion project, Cliff has won in how many years, Bubba? As many times we've interviewed him probably the last four years, we always talk about it. I want to talk about something different. We have Cliff on the show, uh, maybe the next uh, things on his wish list, but let's make sure that we go ahead and get that done. Again, the practice facility I was told today is uh, definitely over halfway there. So that would be um, over $9 million. So we need, uh, we need to step it up on the practice facility. But, dudes, we are so close. Ladies and gentlemen, please help us out. If you love East Carolina baseball, you don't have to give thousands of dollars. You don't have to give. We love the Isleys. We appreciate them very much. But we need the people that take a shower after work. We need the people that can give $50, $100. That's how we're going to get this stuff done is by a one-time donation. If all you can give is 50 bucks, and Bubba, you and I talked about this a lot off-air they can actually do a payment plan, right? They could do a simple, if you're getting Netflix Hulu right now, you could simply call and uh, have a payment plan set up of $10 a month. Yep. And you can uh, attack it however you choose to, like you're saying, whether it's a lump sum or a monthly payment plan. And uh, even if you're giving to Pirates Unite, uh, you can do it over multiple years. So that, that's an option as well. Because obviously uh, everyone has uh, different incomes and different ways they need to uh, to spend their their money, so um, don't let those things hinder you. You know, as, as your situation allows. Uh, you know, we we appreciate anything you may be able to contribute to East Carolina athletics, or you know, specifically in the, in the Pirate Club and Pirates Unite. But right. um, t- take a look at the polls. As you see there at the top of the screen, the Pirates are 14th in this one, this week's D1 baseball poll. And then um, in the other polls, uh, 11th uh, in National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, 13th in Baseball America, 15th in USA Today ESPN poll, 
and 17th in perfect game. Yeah, and the good news is that uh, we have a chance for a few more weeks of the regular season. And then, Bubba, we're going to Clearwater. I'm going to be there. I wish you could be there with me. But I just have a good feeling about this team. I'm going to stay – let's everybody stay positive. One of our really good friends who doesn't want to be named on the air, uh, I don't even know if I could use the stage name, uh, sir, the uh, pseudo name, if you will, but pen name, and uh, talked about let's be positive. This It's easy to be a fan when teams win, but when they're struggling – that's when they really need us. We are the 10th man. Uh, and, I mean, you look at the jungle was rocking uh, this weekend. Love the jungle. All our people in the jungle so much. Um, man, it's uh, we have the best baseball atmosphere around. We have the best fans. The Pirate Nation is awesome. So uh, let's, let's stick behind this team because it's not like we're – I only have like 10 wins. We have, what, 31 wins, Bubba? Yeah, 31 and 13. Yeah. Uh, and then nine and six in the American. Only one game out of first place. So even yeah. though those two teams, I mean, anything like with Memphis beat Wichita State, that was shocking um, to me. And I, uh, I, I'm grateful for it. Well, only one game out and anything can happen. Bubba, you know, baseball, one pitch can make the difference of winning and losing. So I'm looking forward to the next few weeks. But then also, um, you talk about being one game out, obviously, Wichita State and Houston due to taking two out of three from the Pirates and have, have the tiebreaker due to the head-to-head matchup. And, oh, yeah. And taking a look at the standings and, and what lies ahead, um, as we just mentioned, Wichita State 10-5, and five, Houston 10-5, and five, East Carolina 9-6, and six, Cincinnati, you know, a lot of folks would probably be a little surprised by this. They would perhaps guess um, UCF or maybe USF, but it's Cincinnati that's in fourth place at eight and seven. UCF and USF six and nine. Tulane's also there in a three-way tie for fifth at six and nine. And Memphis is in the cellar at five and ten. And Pirates, have, of course, have the best overall record. Uh, then you have Wichita State, 26 and 17. Houston, 25 and 19. Uh, Cincinnati is below 500 at 20 and 24. UCF is 24 and 19. Uh, so those are the four teams that are above 500 in the league. And then you have Memphis that is 500 at 22 and 22. Um, but um, outside of the Pirates, who have an RPI now, and Warren Nolan at 28. Uh, they are the only team in the American inside the top 87 of, or 86, I should say, because you have Wichita State is next at 87th. Yeah, and uh, Bubba, by the way, uh, had a chance. I didn't tell you this. I forgot. But I talked to a very reliable source of ours who said that knows a lot of baseball. I didn't ask if I could talk about this on air, so I won't uh, divulge who it is. But they told me, they said, yeah, Dave, The uh, what we all have been thinking, they said there's no way at this point they feel like with a national seat. However, there's some that are writing off the Pirates, even in our own fan base, with hosting. And uh, that person said, no, we do have to win a lot. Um, and they even talked about the uh, tournament. But they were talking about there's a lot of good things ahead for us. And so, in other words, uh, Gloom and doom, maybe you feel like you you hurt because we lost a game or 
even when we lost the series of Wichita, really stung. But overall, we still have a good chance to host, and who knows what can happen after that. Yeah. Pirates can certainly still accomplish their goals of of uh, winning a conference championship, both regular season and obviously tournament. But then uh, also, depending on if those things happen, and hosting a regional once again for uh, a fifth straight time. And uh, so it, it's something East Carolina and Stanford are the only two teams to host four consecutive – or not ever, but um, you know, currently uh, four consecutive. Um, the, those are the two streaks. So here's to the Pirates uh, getting to the fifth straight hosting opportunity. And uh, here in just a minute, so we'll hear some of the, the post-game comments uh, from Cliff Godwin and then players following the Tulane series. Hey, Bubba, real quick, uh, the guy to watch out for, one of the guys we like on this podcast is uh, obviously we're huge Pirates, as everybody knows that watches and listens, but – Man, Chris Pollard, what he's doing at Duke this year, 20th right now in the country. Um, they're starting to uh, really heat up. I'm looking, uh, watching them because all of a sudden now Duke might be a regional team. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, the North Carolina. We've talked about a lot over the years, but especially this year, North Carolina and South Carolina baseball, meaning the states and the baseball in the Carolinas is red hot. And it's going to be interesting to see. You feel like Wake Forest will host, uh, you know, I, I didn't see Duke, uh, maybe the Campbells of the world in East Carolinas, but all of a sudden Duke has uh, entered the conversation. Right now you look at it, um, you know, in Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So you have Wake Forest, number one RPI, 37 and six. South Carolina, number two RPI, 35 and eight. And then you have Coastal Carolina, seventh. In the RPI 28 and 14, that's how good the Sun Belt is because I mean, that's not a bad record. But if you somebody told you that Coastal Carolina was 28 and 14, you'd probably guess their RPI was a little bit lower than that, you know, probably in the mid teens, perhaps. But um, that's how good their non conference schedule is, and also how good the Sun Belt is. Um, Duke, that you mentioned, uh, Coach Pollard's club is eighth in the Warren Nolan RPI. 31 and 13 are the Blue Devils. Virginia, 11th. Listen to this, number 12 in the Warren Nolan RPI. Uh, a lot of folks would not guess this, but they've come on strong here of late. They had a sweep of NC State, and that is the Clemson Tigers. Eric Backich, Nick Schnabel, and staff have it rolling uh, here recently. Uh, they are 28 and 17 now, and uh, 11 and 10 in the ACC in an RPI of 12th. Um, so they were just outside of this week's D1 baseball top 25. And then you have um, you have clubs like North Carolina State and North Carolina that are, you know, states 24th. And then uh, North Carolina, they've had some struggles of late and they're currently 36 in their RPI. Campbell, despite their 31 and 10 record and 16 and 2 in the Big South, um, they're 37th in the RPI. Yeah, and by the way, we we're talking about the earlier in our group text, uh, North Carolina and the Campbell um, midweek games are the only two left as far as IP, RPI is concerned to really help the Pirates. The rest of it, as far as conference play, is not going to help the Pirates. So we have to win a lot 
and pray that uh, we could get help, get some help too. Uh, win the regular season uh, for sure, somehow, some way, win the conference, and that'll solidify, obviously, the hosting uh, situation. That's what we have to do now is just play hungry. We have to play like we are a 10-win team instead of a 31-win team. As far yeah. as like, as far as being hungry, I'm not talking about making mistakes. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just talking about being hungry and not like, hey, oh, yeah, we do this every single year, be complacent when now it's crunch time. Right. I never said that, but, you know, I was just mentioning that. Yeah. And uh, kind of going back, I, I mentioned the, the post game uh, from from Cliff Godwin as well as Josh Moreland and Lane Hoover. And first, let's go to the post game remarks. And this is late on Saturday night following, oh, uh, what, eight, eight and a half hours of baseball, 21 innings at Clark LeClaire Stadium. And here are the thoughts of East Carolina's ninth-year head coach, Cliff Godwin. I told our guys, I, I mean, I'm as proud of this group of what they had to go through today as any group I've ever coached. Uh, you know, down three runs in the situation we were in game one. And for Tony to get us out of that jam there without getting up a run, and then um, we give up some runs, and then, you know, our offense just kept battling. And I told him before the game, I said, hey, look, the best thing about baseball, there's no clock. You know, it's not like football or basketball. There's no clock. they got to get us out. And I felt like if we could get to the full in our offense, uh, so super proud about game one. And then the game challenge is, look, we don't have our ace. Savage is not available. And um, game two, guy shoves it, and we don't do anything offensively. And then game three, it was the pitcher's duel early. Root was outstanding. Uh, but we're down, you know. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams would fold, but our guys would get battled and uh, put us a big six spot. And, um, so just super proud of them. And we won a series, and that's all you can ask for. Roots had a good year, but what do you think was really working for him tonight? Because it probably was his best out of the year. Well, you know, for all of our guys, we're going to start getting back into kind of what we were last year until the Savage gets healthy. But uh, just go close out innings. So I grabbed him like the seventh inning of the game, too, and I said, hey, look, go eat your food, and you go out there and give me everything you got for as long as that's one inning. That's all I got. I just thought his stuff was really good. He's sharp. You know, he's located his fastball. Uh, his changeup was good. And the thing he's been able to do against State and – he did it tonight just a couple times. We never pulled a slider for a strike, which was non-existent early. So now he's getting a third pitch in there. And now you talk about kind of a weekend rotation guy. So super proud of him. Coach, can we talk just to get back to level? Like after coming off the high of that restart win and then after game two, just to, you know, just to not get you their way. Game's hard, man. And I don't care who you're playing. I don't care uh, what their record is. And our fans have realized it. It's hard to win college baseball games, especially when you're down – uh, one of the best people in the country, and I'm just super proud. Look, they could have, you know, just lost their confidence and said, hey, we're just going to fold in, especially early on in the stuff, and I got to just get back. So, super tough guys, and I'm super proud of them. Coach, can you talk about Hoover's play today, the amazing catch yeah. in the outfield, and he made some big hits for you today? Yeah, I mean, what he does for us, man, he's in a heartbeat, even when he's not getting hits. He's just an energy source for us. He's an unbelievable person. He's a better human than me as a baseball player. Um, I just words can't explain all the things he does for a part. Two innings. I mean, they're top of the word. Those, those guys can hit. I think Banks, he looked like Barry Bonds out here this weekend. You know, what, what was he doing? They, so, uh, they've gotten hot offensively recently, and we call them at a very you know uh, hot time offensively, uh, their team. So, um, it was really tough to navigate the lineup, as you guys could see. But I thought 
Uh, Reed was really good. I thought Jay Cutter was outstanding. I mean, you know, I know he gave up a home run, but the guy was having to go through the meat of the order. And uh, he just did a really good job when Danny played the bat. In that sixth inning, when you guys, like, you kind of got back to how you guys like to play. You're stealing bases, stringing hits together. Is that just something maybe you can point to and just say, hey, guys, like, it, we didn't really lose anything here? We could, uh, well, you know, they were too our goal, if you go look at our percentage of stolen bases, we run to be safe. So, um, you know, there's teams, other teams that get thrown out, you know, 30, 40% of the time. I think we were running like an 85 to 90% stolen base rate. They were giving it to us and we had the right guys. And you got Nowak, you got Charlin, you got Uber, you got the right guys. I made stuff happen. Thank you guys for being all day. There you have the post-game comments or post-series comments from Cliff Godwin after 21 innings of baseball on Saturday. And East Carolina first baseman and outfielder Lane Hoover, excuse me, first baseman Josh Moreland and outfielder Lane Hoover also met with the media. And let's let's first go to those comments yeah, so from Josh Moreland. How do you kind of sum up the, the ups and downs of today, but at least winning yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like my, my freshman year when we are doing the doubleheaders and four games a weekend. But, no, it was great. I mean, anytime you can take a series on the same day, it's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we came out, played really well at the end of the first game when we resumed it. And then, obviously, the second game didn't go how we wanted. But nobody was really down after that. We came back out and played a great game in the last one. When you guys put together big innings like that, like in the sixth year, like, when you guys get going together, can you put your finger on just how that – to go along with what you just said, you know, you had to get the bats going to clinch the series. So what's the strategy behind that? Well, just, you know, continue to follow the approach. Coach Gizzo, I mean, we have a pretty detailed plan. I don't know how many teams in the country are doing that. It's every guy up the bullpen, and we're following that to the team, and if we're getting the pitches that are still going to shoot, odds are we're hitting pretty well. So just following the plan that we had tonight, and guys are putting a bit of effort. Like all season, you guys have been able to hit the bullpens fairly well. Um, did you guys just feel like you had a chance just once you got into the bullpen? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's always our goal is to get that guy out by the fourth beginning. And, you know, the first game today, or, or I should say, after the resuming of the game, the real first game was uh, we couldn't do that. You know, we got this guy out pretty early, and after that, just whichever arm came in was ready to rock and roll. But honestly, I mean, if we can get that starter out, it's we're a tough line to beat. The guy in the, the first game today, Joe Hunter, physically game, what, what did he have working them? So uh, he was able to throw multiple pitches for strikes, which I mean, we hit some balls hard and they made some plays, but it's tough when guys are commanding three, four different pitches and stuff in the box because you really don't know what to stay on. But you know that that happened. Guys flushed it, and we came back out and just put up good at bats in the last game. So I mean, it, it sucks that that happened in that game, but we came out and played well in the second. One. Homer in the dead center. Does that happen a lot in this ballpark? So how, how did that one feel off the bat? You know it was going. It felt good. I really didn't know if I got it all that well. I and mean, then I saw him turn. Usually when they're turning, because they're already playing kind of deep. When they turn, I kind of know it's gone. But once I saw it go out, I mean, that energy was just flowing everywhere. I was I was fired up. But then you know the guys just kept on up good at bats after that. And I, I don't know if it was a big momentum swing, but it uh, scored a bunch more after that. So who knows? Good. Thanks, it was great to see East Carolina first baseman Josh Moreland uh, deliver that home run there as the Pirates entered that inning, trailing 3-2, to two, but then 
put up that six spot with um, bombs by Moreland and Jenkins Cowart. Um, Moreland's was, as um, Steve and I go, of course, the colors in 94-3, the game just referenced, off the batter's eye, probably two-thirds of the way up the batter's eye, and um, kind of shifting gears and you know, going to Lane Hoover. Hoover had the big catch in game one where he once again robbed a home run uh, from the, the Tulane batter. Um, and that's at least the second time this year that Hoover has taken away a home run. So uh, let's hear Hoove's thoughts on that and more. Here is East Carolina veteran outfielder Lane Hoover. Baseball, you know, on Sunday you you get the two together, you had to play three. So, nah, that that was a that was the first for me. Lane, can you talk about the catch you made early in the second game? It was uh, definitely sports that are worthy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's probably one of the craziest catches I've ever you know probably had. But um, it stayed there for a while, and I was just trying to get some momentum on our side, you know, and it didn't really work out. But um, yeah, it was that was pretty cool. Today, almost a microcosm of the season when it ups and downs. Three games, basically three games in one day, kind of trying to balance all that. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, today, today's been tough, but I couldn't be any more proud of the guys, man. Just to uh, take the series, you know, in one day, really. And the way we came back in the first game, you know, down four, going into the, I think, eighth or seventh inning, um, uh, it, was, it, was, it was really good for us. Have you ever been part of a walk-off hit that was a walk-off, then they had to review it, and then it became a walk-off again? No, I mean, that, that was my first walk-off, you know, since I've been here. So I was like, please be safe at the plate, <laughs> you know. And I didn't know what to do the second time after the team ran out. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to throw my uh, helmet up in the air again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was good. The response from you guys as a team, not only for that, but then you lose the second game, you're kind of struggling with the third game. Yeah, we immediately got in the team room and said, uh, let's flush it. You know, you're going to have games like that and, um, you know, get back, you know, for the third game and get that series win. And, you know, that was uh, really big for us. Lane, you had a big hit in the sixth inning, really started that towards the RBI signal. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, um, it's on time for fastball. I was a head in the count and I was ready for it. So, um, so good. As a fifth-year guy, you, you know you've been through ups and downs. Like, what have you guys, some leaders, told the rest of the team to kind of keep your head in and be so tough? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the game of baseball. You know, stuff's gonna happen. And, you know, you can't really worry about what's happened in the past. Um, you just gotta put one foot in front of another and you know take it pitch by pitch. How do you walk in under pressure? Uh, I mean, you know, for me. You know, early on in my career, I you know, wasn't great at it, but since I've um, been under pressure a good bit, um, it's kind of helped me slow down. Um, and, you know, I've been in those moments before, so um, yeah, I mean, just it takes time, you know. There you have the post game remarks. Uh, following East Carolina's 8-6 to win and series victory over the Tulane Green Wave, that was East Carolina vet Lane Hoover. What uh, Mr. Clutch right there, uh, Bubba. Uh, man, uh, that guy's meant so much to the program over the last five years. We could do a whole show on how much that guy's meant 
the whole X ratings just dedicated to Hoove. Uh, but we want to promote our content coming up. I know uh, Bubba, we had a great show with uh, he speaking of Mr. Clutch, absolute empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors. Love that guy and I appreciate all he's done for our, our show. Yeah, Coach Connors um, continues to line up some tremendous guests and some have an ECU flavor to them. Um, right. And uh, the, the most recent one did that as he was able to catch up with. Um, this is an interview that had been in the the work for quite some time. And this is you know, Curtis Fry. He is the former He's he's an East Carolina alum, and um, he'd also coached with the Pirates, and he spent the last 27 years at the University of South Carolina. So definitely check out that conversation that aired tonight for the first time at 7 p.m. So um, that's obviously archived on our YouTube channel. Also, uh, you can find it on Facebook, as well as pretty much anywhere podcasts can be heard. You can hear Absolute Empowerment with Jeff Connors each and every week at seven o'clock on Monday night. Great job. Thanks coach. And obviously uh, Bubba, we'll try to have some of the players that uh, we were disappointed that we'll have more time to talk about that, that were not drafted as far as NFL draft is concerned, but uh, five guys got the unrestricted free agent deals. And so uh, how about Holton and CJ going to the Seahawks? You have uh, Ryan Jones going to the giants. We have, Keaton Mitchell going to the Ravens. His dad played at the Ravens. Uh, Igo and I were talking about that on Saturday night. And, of course, Noah Henderson going to the Buffalo Bills. So those five guys, we would like to have more. But, uh, hey, uh, great testament of the program to see at least we're getting guys that have – given just the guys an opportunity, a chance in the league is all you can ask for. Yeah, very happy for all five of those Pirates. And uh, obviously a couple of very intriguing storylines there. Uh, as you mentioned, Keaton Mitchell you know, being signed by the Ravens, which is the organization for which his father played um, back, I believe, in the you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, I believe he was on the defensive side of the ball. And then you had, and then you had uh, also um, the, the story of Holt Naylor's and C.J. Johnson who, of course, played together at D.H. Conley, played together at East Carolina. Now they're going to be on the Seattle Seahawks together. What a story that is. And hopefully both of them uh, can make the roster, or at the very least uh, uh, the practice roster, and continue to uh, to show that organization. And, you know, and who, who knows, maybe earn a spot within that organization or uh, another organization because of how they perform uh, you know, once – they're there in Seattle. No doubt. And when you think about Pete Carroll, that guy knows football between USC and Seattle. No doubt about it. I know, Bubba, we've got a lot of great programming coming up we want to talk about, including, well, obviously, we'll see how the Pirates do on Wednesday nights against Carolina. And then, of course, on the road to Cincinnati, we'll have another edition of Extra Innings next week. So uh, make sure you tune into that uh, over the weekend and a handful of days. Yeah, we, we have – that headed your way, but um, talk going back to Holton Aylers, um, day and time to be determined, but um, we'll have a conversation with Holton and his father, Morgan. Um, so we'll, we'll hear, get the behind the scenes look at the process, you know, who, 
and he was hearing from the most. And, and obviously, we heard about New England, heard about Green Bay, but uh, ends up in Seattle. Um, so we'll we'll get the behind the scenes look uh, of the process, and then what's to come for uh, East Carolina great Holt Nailers, and then also uh, in addition to that, uh, we'll catch up with in the next couple weeks Hank Hinton of Team Boneyard and some excellent work there being done by by Hank and everyone associated with Team Boneyard. Appreciate all they do. You know, earning NIL opportunities and uh, raising the money some for ECU student athletes with uh, name, image, and likeness. So we'll have them on the show uh, or have Hank on the show. Uh, some some big news, and we wanted to uh, to save that until his visit, and we'll disclose exactly what that is. Um, but uh, I know on the on Saturday at the the baseball games, I mean, you you saw a lot of the players making the rounds with their Team Boneyard hats, uh, the likes of um, Jeremy Lewis, and then also Shane Calhoun, Mason Garcia, um, et cetera, walking the concourse at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Um, You also had had a couple others, but um, Julius Wood uh, was was the one I was trying to think of. But uh, in speaking of Julius Wood, Dave, don't want to dive too deeply into this because I know we're wrapping the show up, but – Credit to Stephen Igo here and Hoist the Colors, but he said that um, that East Carolina was you know, filing a, a tampering complaint because apparently uh, the University of Florida uh, was tampering with Julius Wood. No doubt. And uh, by the way, uh, Mike Houston is somebody we're working on to have on soon. We won't ask that specific question, but I know uh, did a great job today. By the way, speaking of hate hitting. Henry Hinton, everybody at Interbanks Media, 94.3 The Game. Congratulations. You have a, a great guy in Stephen Igo. And I know they've tried for years to get uh, Stephen to come. And I appreciate Igo doing a great job. The very first guest today was Coach Mike Houston for the uh, Hoist the Colors radio show. And it's every weekday, noon until 1, now on 94.3 The Game. And Bubba, they're on YouTube. Uh, Facebook, and of course, they have their new Interbanks Media app. So, wanted to give them a shout out. I will tip my hat because uh, they've done a nice job. The studio looked great. And hey, you have to, when somebody does a good job and they're pirates, we're going to tip our hat to them. Yeah. Appreciate the work that I go and uh, 94.3 do. Um, obviously, an excellent addition for them. Uh, really think he's going to help. Take take their uh, station, especially in terms of social media and YouTube, uh, to a different level, and uh, you're already seeing that uh, with obviously the guest is Mike Houston, but it was very well done. And then tomorrow you're going to have um, Cliff Godwin uh, as well as Ryan Jones, and then on Wednesday you'll have uh, Scooter Scott Rogers and talking some pirate baseball. So um, he's coming out of the gate strong uh, as you would yeah. want to. And uh, congratulations to Igo. Had a good conversation with him for a couple innings on Saturday night during game three in the jungle. Yeah, he and I were at the concession set. He said, man, I can't go by the press box. I've got to walk around. And then he walked around to you. So uh, uh, very, very cool. All right, we'll get out of here. Appreciate everybody so much. Don't forget, it's on the screen right now. For those uh, watching, you can see it. But listening, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, We have come a long ways. Thanks to Bubba Rosenbaum. 
he and I had a conversation in July of 2018. We're talking about that earlier today. And man, we have grown so much. Thanks to all of you for subscribing and watching our videos. Thousands and thousands and thousands of hours over the last five years. We've had our YouTube channel working very hard. We'll continue to do that. You can like us on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're everywhere. So check us out. want to give a shout out to pgxgloves.com. I uh, appreciate um, Mark Minikazi for all he's done for the last few years. In fact, I bought uh, four more pair of gloves, Bubba, for both of my two of my kids. I have two kids, obviously, uh, and both of them got two each. But they have custom baseball gloves, batting gloves, football gloves, swag apparel, and so much more. And give this a promo code, put ECU, and you get 25% off. It's at pgxgloves.com. Bubba, I've gotten so many compliments my kids have over the PGX gloves. So, Kaz, thank you so much because the kids love my kids' gloves. And so I appreciate PGX gloves very much. Yeah. Appreciate Kaz's support. Uh, he has an excellent product or some excellent products there. And um, be sure to follow us on social media. Dave mentioned the YouTube channel, but on Facebook, um, like and follow us there. And um, then also um, we have the Pirates Cove and where you can – Chat East Carolina Athletics and other things, uh, ECU, uh, obviously, uh, also on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok on Twitter, the Sports OBJ, and on Instagram and TikTok at the Sports Objective. And then uh, lastly, um, we mentioned it earlier in the show, I believe, or actually we're talking Pirates Unite, but make sure you get those East Carolina football season tickets, uh, whether it's a renewal or maybe a first-time buyer or uh, someone who just has not Purchase season tickets in recent years and give ECU a call at 1-800-DIAL-ECU or go online to ecupirates.com to get your football season tickets. Uh, last I heard, um, most recent update is we had cleared um, you know, 12-3 or maybe 12,400. So we're, we're approaching 80% of our goal. So uh, give Coleman Spain and his staff a call. Today, 1-800-DOLL-ECU. No doubt. Go anytime at ecupirates.com. Check it out. All right. want to thank our great guest, Mike Mullis. Good old Mully. Appreciate him for all the commentary. ESPN Plus analyst and so much more. Baseball guru. He knows a lot more than I'll ever know. And that's a good thing, right? Uh, thanks to him. Thank you, Bubba, for lining everything up and producing. As always, we'll get out of here. Good luck to the Pirates this week against North Carolina and on the road against Cincinnati. Until next time, you've been watching and listening to Extra Innings right here on the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Good night, everybody. Go Pirates. Hey, Pirate Nation. This is former East Carolina pitcher Davey Penny of the Keith LeClaire era, class of 2003. Keep it tuned to the Sports Objective as you follow our Diamond Bucks on the road to Omaha, because y'all know we're going. That concludes this week's edition of Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night as we will once again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the show on social media, at the Sports OBJ on Twitter, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to the show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Go Pirates!